what happens to police officers who get caught stealing, lying, or tampering with evidence? Each week, we open up an internal affairs investigation that used to be secret to find out how well the police police themselves. Listen to On Our Watch, a podcast from NPR and KQED. One, two, one, two, three. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. And I'm Alt Latino producer Ana Maria Sayer. This week, the theme of the show is how differences can come from commonalities. Let me explain. Raul Alejandro, Sebastián Otero, and A.J. Davila all come from Puerto Rico. Now, you might think that on the surface, they don't really have anything in common musically. Raul Alejandro is currently one of the most streamed and viewed Latin artists in what could be considered the Latin pop market. Sebastián Otero is a vocalist whose musical vision has attracted the attention of Eduardo Cabra, one of the most celebrated Latin music producers from Puerto Rico or anywhere, actually. And A.J. Davila is a punk musician who planted the punk flag on the island with his band Davila 666 in the early 2000s. I know it sounds like they don't make sense together yet, but I promise you'll hear it too. This week, we're taking you back to Puerto Rico to show you how all of these artists have one thing in common. A nuanced and varied set of similar musical experiences that can only be inspired by one thing— living life on the island. Let's start with how church music and Elvis influenced one of the biggest songs in the world right now. Music was always me. I was like avoiding music because I've been around music since I was a kid. So I was more into sports, but music always was there. And como se dice, tú no puedes tapar el el sol con la mano. I think it's meant to be, it was, it was for me, and, and my dad was a, a musician, a singer too, you know, he, he used to have his solquesta, you know, the, he used to have when he was young, and then like, he jumped in more like in the, into the salsa and merengue, you know, he, he, he nació in Brooklyn, he's from PR, but he nació in Brooklyn, he, he, he teach me all about, about Elvis Presley, James Brown, Michael Jackson, Beatles, all the, all this music, soul music, funk music, you know, like, he was in this vibe, you know, rockabilly, you know, like rock and roll. Like my dad was in that guy, and uh, he was like, I'm like him, you know, like I'm a mix of sounds. So he used to listen to every type of music. Saturday he was with this vibe. Sunday he got another vibe. And musically, I grew up with all that buffet of music. You know what I'm saying? And then my mom, era poco, era corista. So everything was my 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 grandfather. I remember our family? They they went to church. You know, they estaban en la en el coro de la iglesia. So they go to rehearsals every every three times during the week. PR PR like Puerto Rico have a lot of music. Mm-hmm. It's like you can find music anywhere in PR. Like a lot of parties in PR. So it was it was on me. You know, I grew up in PR. I I grew up with with the reggaeton and all and all that and. and it was just, it was just there, you know. It was, it was in front of me all the time, and I realized that late. I was like, you know what? I think this is, this is me. I think this is me, music. Your PR, like, there's, there's something called a parranda mm-hmm. that they, they celebrate in Christmas. And they go, they go around houses, just like singing like um, Christmas songs, but more like in a Latin way, you know, like yeah. 
con, con instrumentos típicos de Puerto Rico. Y I was always there, like, just watching all these musicians, you know, perform and all these people and always around uh, instrumento. Yo siempre estaba como que trying every type of instrument. And, you know, I took the guitar, you know, because it was, it was in my blood and I don't know. Then I usually start growing up, you know, I was having, you know, some personal issues and some frustrations and, you know, music saved me. You know, I just started doing music just for a therapy, therapy for myself. And I mean, while I'm doing all that, my friends, they just told me that, bro, you should, you should go for it. Like, you should drop music, bro. You, you have the natural talent, I guess. I mean, what they say to me back in the days. And I was like, yeah, I was like thinking about it. I, I, I didn't sleep thinking about it. And, you know, I decided, you know, to jump in and say, you know, you know what, Let, let's try it. You know, I have nothing to lose. And now, now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to, you know, just continue doing what we do and keep growing, you know, and learning. That's, that's I think that's the main goal in life, just keep learning and learning and just being better, a better person, a better artist and represent my island, PR, Puerto Rico and you'll take it to the next level. <laughs> Like your dad, I'm old school. That's my stuff, man. So that when I I hear about you and I read about you and I hear your music, I hear something like that's familiar, right? It's a different style, it's a different sound, but there's still that dedication to that quality, right? And it and and the the last the the most recent single you had, Todo de Ti, and that's like '70s disco, man. It's, yeah, it's yeah. So even to the point where at the beginning when you put the melody. There's like a like a mini moog or something like a '70s synthesizer. Yeah, melody yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, right, hundred percent. It's. I was looking. I, we were looking for that sound, you know. And you know, I've been lately. I've been listening to this type of playlist, you know, well, like a playlist of the '70s, '80s, and it gives you like a good vibe for the summer. It's yeah. like summer jam, a lot of summer jams. And I was looking for that sound. You know what? You can see that more in the American culture, not in the Latin industry. So I was like. I think we can do like a like a really nice experiment here, and you know just try try something different and just put off labor, and I think we got it. We got it right. <laughs> it, and it shows versatility on your part, man, because you it that you owned that song. You just put yourself in that, even though it was like almost like a replica of something else, something that I heard back in my day, right? That was a very good job, man. Basically, it was it was amazing. We did with I did like twenty minutes of top lines, you know, just trying to find the perfect melody. And then we start like cutting, cutting the, the song, like to just take it to the right, right time. And we got it, man. I don't know how we did it, but we did it. <laughs> that's, that's cool, man. Just, just keep following that intuition. Just follow that, man. And, and, and think good things are bound to happen. I try, you know, I try my best every year. And if I see something is, is, is we, we're doing something wrong, I'm like I stop. I analyzed and I said, all right, we need to change the strategies and you know, just be in the studio and work hard, work, work harder. Okay, so after talking to Raul, we decided it was time to sit down with long-standing Puerto Rican punk rock legend, AJ Davila. 
we soon realized that the island is a lot smaller than we had even anticipated. Check it out. Like you say that you did the interview with Raul Alejandro, right? And it's like, it's my same crew, you know what I mean? It's like all, all the people involved in, in that project, you know, Manuel Lara, that he did telepathia for Cariuchis, mm -hmm. you know, Felix Lara too, they have Lara Project, Alvaro Diaz, Caleb Callaway, and Ortiz, like, yo, that's, that's, that's my same group. You know, we have been working like all, all this time, you know? Like, so it's an honor. I'm, I'm, I'm truly happy for Raul. He, he already did three solo shows in Puerto Rico. <laughs> crazy. It's, crazy. It's, it's crazy. He, he's an amazing human being, you know? Most people associate you with with, with Davila Six, with the rock, with the punk, very, very legitimate, strong punk scene in Puerto Rico, which most people underestimate, don't think that it's there. But years ago, when you and I talked, you, you said that you told me that you had even been participated in some of the early reggaeton recordings. You have played, yeah. you have played in salsa bands. You've done recordings with different things. Talk to us a little bit about how how fluent Puerto Rican musicians are in all kinds of styles. It is. It, it, it is. I think that that is that's something really special about Puerto Rico. Is it's a small island. You know what I mean. And you know, it's, it's, it's so small that we love music. You know what I mean? That's why we all integrate, you know? You see reggaeton kids with punk rockers, you know what I mean? You'll see salsa boys like with punk rockers, you know what I mean? I, I think it's, it's something that is truly special and it's always been like that. We, we go to all, all our, we support each other, you know what I mean? Like I, I go to a, a reggaeton show, all day because like that's where I come from or we go to a hip hop show or we go to a punk rock show or we go to a salsa show or even a bomba mm -hmm. show. So we, we are all connected, you know? I think that's the beauty about Puerto Rico that we are all, you know, like connected, you know, like in, there's, you know, like, I think in, in other places, it's more difficult to interact, you know, between musicians, but in, not, not in Puerto Rico. Like, in Puerto Rico, we are all together. I remember I interviewed Evie Queen, who, of course, is a reggaeton pionera. She's the queen. She's the queen. She's the queen. <laughs> but then she also told me that she had participated in uh, tributes to Celia Cruz, where she's singing Celia Cruz vocals you know, which is, which is not an easy thing to do. So again, we think of one thing, but it's reflected in, in their music you and know, their life is a different thing. It's a, it, yeah, it's, it's other things like, you know, like, like for me, when I create music, even Davila or AJ Davila, like I do on solo, like the way that I sing is like a reggaeton song, you know what I mean? It's all. It's always like that. It's the slang. It's how we. It's the push we we make. You know, and it's like I don't know people. People underestimate reggaeton. You know what I mean? And reggaeton is everything for me. It's everything. You know, it's like 
for me is art is life and i feel so proud that we are number one on the world you know what i mean mm -hmm. our music is 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 number is number one and it's like something because it's 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 a lifestyle it's it's not like a production you know what i mean and that's that's something that's really special for me and here comes like you know the idea of of hip hop and reggaeton of collaborations i think i have been the only punk rock that I have done that that it, it is close to that that on all my albums i have collaborations so we have put that on on davila 666 and aj davila mm -hmm. we have incorporated that do you think that like if people expected to hear uh reggaeton with like a punk sound right you how do you think people would react to that i i don't think it, it will work like the way the, the the way that we sing is it's all about the attitude but it's it's not the american attitude it's the puerto rican reggaeton attitude you know so so it so in in terms of it, genre, it is so in terms of genre and style there's some things that just won't won't translate yeah, the, the, I think like, I don't like to mix things, but I think that you can mix things in a wise way, you know? You can mix things like on, on the way that you speak and the way that you translate everything. So it's, it, it, it's a mix, but it's not like, you know, to do like a yeah. musical mix, you know what I mean? It's, it's, so, a, it's a subtle nuanced mix. Uh, yeah, especially when it comes to language. Yeah, it's 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 more about language and attitude. Yeah. For the final part of our show, we wanted to give you a chance to hear from someone who knows more about the power of language in music than just about anyone we've talked to. All the way from Puerto Rico, Sebastián Otero tells us all about his childhood in the PR, growing up, going to school, learning about music in an academic setting, and coming back to work with one of the most well-known, well-renowned producers on the island. Here's Sebastián. I would start by saying that as I was growing up, I think I knew more reggaeton songs than any other genre not because I had them on my cell phone, but because that's what was playing around, you know, in the cars, everywhere. So that definitely influenced me in, in how to, to conceive also like popular music, you know. But I started playing violin when I was four, classical violin. So I started by listening to, to that genre. And since Growing up, my parents heard a lot of from Latin America. So listening to Silvio Rodriguez, listening to Mercedes Sosa, to Victor Jara, to Carlos Varela was pretty common in my house, like on a, on a pretty much daily basis. And I think from, from there, probably, and as I also started taking Spanish classes and like I pretty much fell in love with, with language and how to say things. So as I was starting to, you know, like decide what type of music did I like or whatnot, I think like content and, and, and language was really important for, for me to, to choose what type of, 
of genres or artists did I follow? There wasn't much salsa in my house. That's something that I had to learn and discover pretty much on my own. Even though, yes, my 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 parents would expose me to Frankie Ruiz, to, to Richie, but to get a little bit more immersed and study a little bit more the genre, I had to do it myself. And also, Ravi Draco was part of, of my childhood. I think kind of like that's a good spectrum of, of what I, I've heard in my house, you know. My dad also showed me Bob Dylan and Cat Stevens and Nina Simone. You know, he's like that generation of, of the 60s, 70s. He wanted to be a hippie. He was really close to like Anglo culture. So that was also in my house. So I, I guess that also... Um, demonstrates the the bizarre but interesting relationship or or spot that Puerto Rico is. You know, we we can look down to the South Cone. We can look to Central America as well, to other parts of the Caribbean, and we also have that close relationship with with the U.S. So in that sense, I I, I feel there's always or, or there's has been a, a a great diversity. Yeah, musically. And I think that most people don't really get that or understand that, but yet the kind of background that you described is, can be pretty common there on the island of people who are musically curious and ambitious and really want to find all the stuff that's out there, you know? Definitely, definitely. And, and even like, for example, what I was telling you about the reggaeton, like, even if you don't follow the any type of genre, your your like your ears are gonna get like they're they're gonna get to your ears somehow. I feel also definitely church church. It's it's it was really important for me too. I was raised in church and I I, I played violin and I sang in 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 the morning services, and that definitely also develops a sensitivity towards music, you know and. In that sense, I also feel like it inspires a lot of people to do something. I feel like well, at least the churches that I that I was part of were very supportive of the children's community. They were always like really supportive of, of us doing something. And and I, I feel like that that's special for for a kid, you know. And I feel like churches there really have that unique, unconditional support. What ends up happening is that the idea of genres and boundaries sort of doesn't exist in a way. Mm -hmm. And that's that's particularly true in Puerto Rico. Exactly. And and if we think about that and we and we problematize that a little bit, pretty much in music there has never been any boundaries, but it's been more of an industry categorization of of how to sell stuff, how to how to market and how to create a specific market for a specific set of sounds. But if we think about it, People have been moving all around the world with whatever they have that is not material. So it wouldn't make sense to to have that specific categorization, although it's important to, let's say, to to pinpoint differences. You know, I, I think that's 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 really good. But at the same time, music has been fusion all the way. So I, I feel that as part of the Caribbean and the history of slavehood and 
and just like the, the 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 vast amount of people that have come through historically through the Caribbean, it, it it's it's pretty obvious that that in the Caribbean we would feel that way about like just jumping into different genres and like and mixing them. How do all of those influences? How do you think they're manifested in your music? Is it something that you are consciously okay? It's like I remember hearing Ruben Blades, right? Or I remember hearing this while you're writing, or does it just come out like like air that like you breathe out, like an exhale? Hmm. I think it's both. I think I think it's both. Sometimes I I may want to get close to something that I heard when I was young and like really like pinpoint like okay, I I I want to kind of like create these sounds. Then I would then go back to something that I listened to when I was young. But then I, I also feel there's some some more stuff that is really inherited and intrinsic to 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 the way I think, the way I feel, that I might not even notice it, but then other people might. Like for example, there's one song that I have that is called Vibe Men. And the way that I sing the hook. Some people have told me like, yo, it, like, do you do you like Rovidraco? Like, it kind of feels like there's some sort of dialogue there. And I was I, I wasn't singing it with that purpose, but but it, but it resonates with people. And I feel also that I might stay with like a line of a song of some, and then take that as inspiration to write something else. In that sense, I do feel that. That, that comes a little bit with more like with more maybe like more analysis and, and reflection but yes I I don't know I I tend to also just like hmm, look for references of today and maybe not 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 everything that I do is influence of what I've been listening to when I was young you know mm-hmm. Now you find yourself working with Eduardo Cabra, one half of Calle 13, or one third of Calle 13, along with Ileana, their sister. Yeah. So how did that happen? And what does he do that helps bring out your creative power and energy? I, I met him because one of the vocalists for Trending Tropics couldn't do a couple of shows in, in the U.S., and was his solo project that he had a couple years ago. Yeah, with Vicente Garcia. And and so he he that that friend who was one of the vocalists recommended me to sub for him. And that's pretty much how I, I met Eduardo. Of course, I, I, I didn't think that was gonna happen like that in, in that way, you know. And later on we, we did some shows in the end of 2018, starting 2019. And he called me one night and he told me that he wanted to produce me an EP. And of course, like that was, it was a dream, you know? <laughs> and, and since then we started meeting and then he told me he was starting this label of La Casa del Sombrero and that he was interested in like pushing these projects through, through the label. And since then it's been, well, the pandemic happened. So since then we have been in the studio much of the time of that year and working on my projects. He was also working on his project and I, 
I help him. I, I wrote a song for him and we work together here. I assist him in the studio. So we have kind of been able to like have a more rounded relationship and not just like a producer artist relationship, which I'm really fortunate and, and blessed to have with him. And the way, what, what I think, so I, I showed him some songs that I had pretty developed and he had this system of commenting on each of every song and, and commenting from one listen to what, what could be edited, what could be added, what could be fishing with when references to, to how to take another path of the song. And what I feel that it's a mix, what I've learned a lot and, and see how he has embellished my music is to be a little bit less complicated and simplify stuff and let instruments and patterns breathe. And at the same time, look and, and transcend common, common decisions. For example, I wrote a string arrangement for a song for, for the outro. And then he was like, mm, people might expect to, to hear strings. Let's do trombones. You know, and like it's those type of of choices that that I haven't even thought of. And and because there's someone who has done so much and has a lot of experience, we we can talk about and like and, and debate and 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 I need to defend if I have an opinion that I want to I want to keep, you know, or, or, or maybe then just find a common a common spot where we can the, those both ideas can meet. And I, I feel like that's that's been one of the most fundamental aspects of of, of what I've learned and, and, and how I feel he has enriched and pushed my my ideas. Se van huyendo con la lengua amarrada. estamos de tanta maldad. I want to bring something up that maybe most people don't know. Your your role as as a student, as an academic. Okay, we're doing some research and I see, are you, is this correct that you're enrolled at Brown University? I was, I was. I graduated in 2019. Wow. And what was your field of study? So I, I did a double concentration in music focused in ethnomusicology. And I did a second one in Latin American and Caribbean studies. And this website that I saw was something about the U.S.-Cuba relationship I guess you participated in, but in the description of you on that website, you were described as trying to develop the solid ground of, of complexities, solid grounded complexities of Caribbean identities, as well as a deep understanding of the value of power and music. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen often in an academic setting, like with musicians like this. Like there are musicians who, whose career does that, right? Ruben, Ruben Blades is an example maybe Juan Luis Guerra, you know, there's musicians who, who accomplish that through their music, but you're doing it with a little bit of both, with academics and then with, so what do you hope to do? How do you, how do you combine those two? Talk about crossing genres, right? How do you combine yeah. academics and, and music? I, I think academics gives resources to, to, to have an, an, an analytic perspective of what you do. And I don't, I don't mean by any, by any means that that can't happen if you 
don't go to college. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's really important to state that. But but it worked for me, and and so I I I do feel that with ethnomusicology specifically, I was exposed of looking at music through another lens of, of a more anthropological sense and like being able to be being, being exposed to to how people relate to music in different parts of the world and and what it means and and how is how is used in ceremonies how is used in 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 political settings and and so that makes me think of what I do and and how I see myself doing music and and the importance of like doing music building community and that also raises questions of ethics for example of how am I going to take these musical elements that may not be mine but again, like what is the word mine and what it means, but but how to use them, how do, to then do some research on, on the people that started that movement and what were the like maybe racial complexities of that. Um, and maybe I would talk a little bit about it in the show if it comes up, maybe it comes in, in the rehearsal, maybe it comes in the production when I'm creating. And I feel like that's pretty much how I tend to, to mix those in terms of Latin American and Caribbean studies, I I'm still reflecting and 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 thinking of how to conceive Caribbean identities. And is it is it more of a population specific characteristics? Does the geographical space? How important is it? It is. Can you be like? Can you can you find the Caribbean in Greece? Like can and and so maybe like thinking of of many ways you can you can have that identity or or how or or what would constitute caribbean rock is it is it because you have a tambora or, or is it because of the story you're telling in 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 the lyrics you know like what constitutes what what are the elements that that makes that possible to define and and from that i i feel like i i, I try to to also maybe open up the spectrum a little bit in terms of of how Caribbean music should be conceived. And, and from that, I, I feel, and, and I've had conversations with Rita Indiana about this. And, and it's been really interesting to, for, in, in the sense that I can also get that perspective, but from, from her novels too, and, and see how, how she, she thinks about that. And, and to feel that it's something that, that we share. I've talked to with, with Eduardo and with other people, you know, it's, I, I feel like we, we're trying and, and not just the three of us, you know, it's many people, but to to open up and 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 to and to break stereotypes and, and how people have conceived the Caribbean historically. When you combine your academics and your music and your songwriting and the crowd of creatives that you're able to associate with, what are you discovering about yourself? That's that's really nice question. I feel that I that I can get to points in common with other people that I've created music with through through different through different paths. You know, I feel that maybe my area of raising these questions was mainly in academia, 
but what I told you before, this analytic perspective is not um, excluded just to academia. So I feel that I have discovered that too with other people that I've that I that I have um, created with, just to how we can we can merge and 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 get to a place where where we think alike, coming from different backgrounds and from different life experiences. Definitely. The fact that you took so long to really process that answer, you know, it's like, it, it's cool because, you know, Eduardo has said publicly that he doesn't want to work with entertainers, he wants to work with artists. And so when you're in that circle, you know, it reflects something about what he thinks about you and your music mm -hmm. right? and your potential. Yeah. And so looking at it from my perspective, as, as we look at music that's being produced and we have to kind of try to interpret it and, and share it with other people it just says a lot about it says a it says a lot about how much thought you put into your music if you're thinking yeah. that much about your own identity and 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 how you know it may not feel like this but you're really you're just getting started and there's so much potential there man it's, it's thank it's, you really, i'm excited for you to be in that thank you. and to be with that circle and to be able to have those tools to like discover yourself because you know you're a young man and and we, you know, we constantly till the end of our lives, if we're not discovering ourselves, we're doing something wrong, right? Absolutely. So, so yeah, but you get to do it through music. And it's just, it's just a fabulous gift that you share with us. I want to thank you for taking time to talk to us today and also for sharing your music. We look forward to hearing a lot more of it, bro. Thank you for having me, Felix and Ana Maria. No tiene miedo. Okay, we hope you now have a better idea of the musical world that is currently contributing to some of the most listened to music on the planet these days. Our thanks to Raul Alejandro, Sebastián Otero, and AJ Davila for their time and their insights. Also thanks to Alt Latino intern Rihanna Cruz for their help with this week's show. And just for being a dope intern, helping out around the Alt Latino Virtual World Headquarters, Satellite Production Center. Wow, that's a mouthful. Rihanna, you are awesome. We love you. And do you know what else we love? Hearing from all of you. What are your musical experiences with Puerto Rico? Drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. We're NPR's Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. And I'm Ana Maria Sayer. You have been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week.